0: marcos podcast it's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet wait isn't this the only mattress industry podcast he's mark kensley
1: i truly felt bad for you at the time
0: he's mark quinn
1: i think bigfoot was actually very pleasant
0: together they are dos marcos
1: i don't know if we've ever talked about this in the podcast before Pure Care is the National Sleep Foundation official mattress and pillow protector, and they have a Women's Choice Award for that's mattress and pillow protection. That's big.
2: It's a big deal. So do um, so. tell me, the, the Women's Choice Award, That I mean, female consumers, probably the primary buyer for sheets and pillows, right? So that seems like that would be a very good one to have. And then the National Sleep Foundation, obviously. So um yeah, they uh, they get it done. That's good stuff. And I know that the people that they're working with, um, their booth at Nationwide Kinsley was incredibly busy. So something's working for peer care.
1: Yeah, and if you think about that from a selling standpoint, if you have a female consumer in the store, what a great kind of proof point and social proof to say, you know, this is this received a women's choice award. And then, you know, that's pretty easy to map over to. I'm a woman. I mean, I'm not a woman, but if you were a woman, and you were standing there, you say, I, she's a woman, they gave the award, or voted on the award, I'm a woman. I'll probably like it. So do they have men's choice awards, do you think? They should have the Mark's Choice Awards. We'll <laughs> I talk everyone named about
2: Mark. I like that. That's a real niche. <laughs>
1: right. I told you I saw my neighbor driving by out front. And his name is Mark, and I'm like, okay, I'm just surrounded here. We well, Every time others.
2: we run into Marks, they're all like, "Hey, we'll be the third Mark," and then we get a lot of people like vying for third Mark spot. So we, we can easily someone sub in.
1: We could easily phase ourselves out at some point. You know that, right? All we well, have we to do to is like, have another Mark.
2: Yeah, but we need to be like Blue Man Group and like disguise our face so anyone can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Blue Man Group, they can get like they can have 50 Blue Man groups because no one knows who the hell the Blue Man are. So,
1: well, I mean, we were kind of on that same path during our speech at Nationwide. Like, I think that you probably had a sense of who we were, but people certainly didn't know who Mike Whittaker was.
2: <laughs> no, or Johnny Lamp, for that <laughs> Or Johnny Lamp. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, well, Johnny Lamp was probably happy. He didn't want to be connected to that hot, sweaty mess of, of stuff. but. Anyway, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – so let's talk about Nationwide since we're on this subject. They, they had um, a great event, and you and I covered a lot of it or some of it in the last podcast, but we didn't get to two really big things. And uh, so I'm glad we're circling back to those now. So why don't you lead us off because I know you took some great notes.
1: Well, one of the coolest things that happened, in my opinion, was after – astronaut Mike Massimino spoke, we saw him in the hallway and we took a picture with him and we were able to name drop and say, hey, by chance, do you know Chris Cassidy, another astronaut? And he said, yes, I know Chris Cassidy. So we just happened to have him on our podcast in the past. And of course he's brothers with Jeff Cassidy from goodbed.com. So it was kind of cool to be able to you know, ask another astronaut if they knew someone we knew. Well, and, and- if- go ahead. No, and of course, he knew him because Chris was the chief astronaut at one point and he had done spacewalks as well. So, of course, it's pretty tight little club they have there.
2: I think it's so translated another way to to how Mike may have heard us say that is, listen, it's fine that we're about to meet you. We're not all that geeked out. You're not our first astronaut. As a matter of fact, we've had other astronauts on our show. So we just want you to know that you're not that big a deal to us because we have like a whole group of astronaut friends. Is that, you think,
1: what he heard? I'm pretty sure that's close to what he heard. <laughs> no.
2: what, I, what I love about his reaction, though, was um, I, I like Chris Cassidy a lot. He's an amazing astronaut. Um, he's a way better astronaut than me, so I loved Mike's humility in that. And he said, on top of that, he can kill me because he's a Navy SEAL. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And
1: yeah, the real question is, I mean, he can do all those things. But can he sing?
2: Yeah, that's right. And the answer is hell. No, he can't sing. He's an the answer is probably he would
1: figure it out. An MIT
2: graduate, Naval Academy grad. So anyway, but yeah, Michael was really great. And I think you know when you look at an astronaut and you listen to them tell a story and talk about the importance of communication or the importance of mental game. I mean, you're in space, and you know when it when it when it hits the fan up there. Um, you talk about mental game, you really have to have it together. And so I like that he talked about that. I like that he talked about um, the process of training. And, Kinsley, the, one of the biggest impacts on me was he. that guy never gave up. You know, he was told no, and then he reapplied. He was told no again, and then he reapplied. He was told no a third time. He was told no so many times by NASA that you're not going to be an astronaut, and he never ever abandoned that dream and he just uh, went after it no matter what and he ended up an astronaut and in space and I just think that's such a strong important message for everyone I mean it's um we've heard it in different in different ways but you know here this guy stuck with it and he ended up in space so how cool is that
1: yeah and you hear about stories of resilience all the time but when you're living it it seems like defeat and setback compounding and compounding again Uh, But he clearly had this dream planted in his mind and he wasn't going to give up on it. And that was really inspirational. And you talk about the mental game. And one thing he got into very quickly was everything that happens in space really starts on the (laughs) ground. It starts with the teamwork and the true trust that you have to develop. And one of his tips that really stood out to me, I think is good for business leaders everywhere, was find something to genuinely admire in everyone. So you're going to come across different personality types and there's going to be conflict, but that conflict uh, can be really tempered with empathy if you do genuinely admire something about everyone on your team. And then you anchor yourself back in that admiration instead of letting these things that can be frustrating add up and deteriorate your your relationship he said you have to find something to genuinely admire in everyone because when it came down to being an astronaut they were stuck in very close quarters with each other and on top of that you're trusting your life to someone else that's sitting there beside you if you don't admire them if you don't have trust and you don't believe that they have your best interests in mind and like they genuinely will be there for you it's not going to work out so when you're building your teams and you're maybe dealing with different personality types, how can you get down to that one granular thing that you can admire about everyone that's on your team? And that puts you in a place of of um, like I said, of trust and of of really developing that deepness to the relationship that's gonna sustain you through hard times and and make life together fun, hopefully.
2: You know, I, I think it's a great point. And I, I think sometimes default is we look for the weakness. people so specifically in business if you're competing right so you're you're always looking for that so you know what your advantage is your opportunity is even people in similar companies right so you're trying to climb the ladder just like other people are trying to climb the ladder so you're looking for weaknesses to figure out how to maximize your opportunity but to your point if you flip that thinking a little bit and instead you're trying to find what you admire because really, that's what you want. I mean, you want people around you that if you dial into what makes them incredible, then you have a much better chance of it rubbing off or being able to adopt it. Because if you sincerely appreciate that, you value it, and then it becomes something that you admire and maybe something that you learn from and and uh, you're able to benefit from. So,
1: And that trust piece really does become the foundation of everything. I mean, Mike Massimino told the story of him being essentially the the co-pilot of this jet because when you're you're an astronaut you end up flying in jets for a lot of the training and a lot of the maneuvering and things like that but didn't that surprise you
2: a little bit though like he, he wasn't even a pilot when he got accepted to be an astronaut I thought that was very odd I thought to to be an astronaut like that would be a for sure thing you'd had you'd had to know how to fly at least right but that wasn't the case.
1: He said he had his sport pilot license. Oh, he did. Okay, I But I'm he, but that. he said he said unlike many astronauts that had military experience, Fight. he was not a, a, a fighter jet pilot. Yeah, which is and a so, big
2: difference, obviously. I mean,
1: yeah, huge difference. So he ended up, you know, having to learn all those skills and kind of be like, um, like first officer in a way. Um, and so he would end up in the back of the the jet. And he said he told a story about. it Really, it came down to like communication and and trust. And he said, we we took off, I think it was somewhere around Washington DC and they were heading back to the South and, um, that, you know, pretty healthy flight, but when you're in a fighter jet, you're going to go really quickly. So there was some sort of call uh, from the tower about the direction they were supposed to take off and he dialed it to that direction. But then the the pilot took off a different direction and they almost collided with a plane. And so he said they were basically like, once they knew they were, Safe and kind of out of danger, he didn't. Um, he didn't say anything the rest of the flight. Neither one of them said anything the rest of the flight. And then they got to to the airstrip and they landed, and they got out. And he said, the the pilot said, Mike, he goes, did you hear them call our direction differently than what we took off? And he said, Yeah, I did, and I dialed it in. And he said, I thought maybe I was just I misheard him or I was young and you know, the inexperienced one in the plane. So I didn't want to say anything. And it, and the guy said, Mike, always say something, always say something. So no matter what it is that's happening on your team, whenever, you know, you're taking off and, and things start getting chaotic, if your teammates don't feel like they could say something, that's when things go very wrong. Like if you don't feel like you could walk away from a project, um, or a selling process or something major that you're doing as a group and debrief on that, then you don't have that trust level that's needed so that people feel like they can talk freely. So whenever you're in the thick of things, he said you always have to say something and that, that begins with those group dynamics where people feel safe that they can say something. Um, but it also comes back to the individual to pipe up and you know, if you don't understand or you think it's wrong, or there's something you notice, you have to say something.
2: Yeah, and you know, I've you and I have known some pretty moronic leaders of businesses where ego requires people to kiss their butt, and um, when they do bring up an an objection or they push on a direction, uh, the the CEO or the leader of the business unit or whatever. Um, doesn't want to hear it or, you know, they look at that as negative and, you know, it all depends on how you feed, feed that back to the, the people leading the business. But man, don't, don't be that leader. Um, because you could end up in a head on collision, you know, with the, with a, a plane in this case, but, um, and there's, those guys exist. They're all over the place running companies. So, um, hopefully you're not working for someone like that. If you're listening to this and if you are, then send in this podcast anonymously, and uh, maybe it'll make an impact, but.
1: Lesson number three I got from Mike Massimino was 30 seconds of regret. So you're gonna make mistakes and things are gonna happen that feel like major setbacks. And he said in the, um, in the process of training to be an astronaut, he realized and they, and they as a group realized that you have to be able to kind of mourn, mourn that moment and beat yourself up and say as much negative, you know, have as much negative self-talk as you want, but you only get 30 seconds of that. And then you have to move on. And that's just another lesson to me in resilience and getting refocused and having a positive attitude, but having that moment to acknowledge the anger or the fear or the sadness that you feel and not letting that move past without dealing with it. And I think that's, that's really valuable for, you know, for us as human beings, because if you bottle stuff up, it's going to come back and, really start to chip away at you, um, but he's, I think he said something about, you know, he was, you may remember the story, was he in, like, he was outside of the, the space station in his space suit, and he looked at the earth, and, and he he started to cry because it was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then he had regrets about that because if water like it it could be really bad if water is inside your space helmet. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And and I think the other part was I I don't want him to know that I'm crying out here, you know, like uh, the guy thing. But anyway, Mike was great. Uh, Really enjoyed that. I'm glad that Nationwide brought him in. He uh, he did have some good messages and he brought up actually because Mike lived in Houston with NASA. So he brought up. Jim McInvale during his talk, and oddly enough, Jim was actually one of the speakers. He went on uh, to a major um, the, the merch group right after we did, and you know, Jim's always uh, solid on stage, and he always you know brings his A game. And sure enough, this time was no different. And he let it off with a story about knowing Donald Trump, and he said, "I don't want anyone to, you know, th- this is not uh, a political conversation." He said, but you know, my time, you know, spent getting to know Donald Trump a little bit. Um, and so he went into this story. But one of the, the, the points he made about Donald Trump as a leader was the whole thing about immigration, where um, other candidates brought two, three, 400 pages to the stage and talked about this is what our immigration proposal is going to be. And Donald Trump's immigration proposal was build a wall. And you know he he just was able is is able to be so concise in what he says and crystallizes message that it makes it easier for people to understand that. And uh, that's how he let off the talk. And he had multiple examples in uh, some of the time that he had spent with Donald Trump. But anyway, I thought that was a pretty cool story that he shared
1: there. yeah, and if you very, think about, about your relevant. own business and you think about trying to distill down a message into something memorable and repeatable, it's not gonna be Jeb Bush's 90 pages on immigration reform, which was very thoughtfully detailed and probably a very good plan for dealing with some of the issues they were dealing with in Florida. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, what are you gonna remember? Build a wall. That's what you're gonna remember. You're gonna re- re- not remember like all of the detailed plans for healthcare and economic expansion and, and all the, the, the fine tuning we need to do as a nation. You're gonna remember make America great again. Yeah, and you and, know what else I'd like? Yeah, go ahead. No, and I was just I was just thinking. I mean, when we think about our businesses and and taglines and marketing messages and things like that, you have to drill down and take these all of this detailed um, all of this detail that you want to provide to people, all of these meaningful messages that you actually want people to remember about you and your business and your family and we're local and we've been serving our community forever. And you have to get it into a few words, and you have to say it over and over and over and over again. For it to stick, but you have to be a master distiller or you have to get with creative people that can do that for you um, because people just don't want to hear. it. Or you have to find examples. I mean, I really think that the build a wall thing was a concrete, like easy to visualize way for Trump to summarize his thoughts on immigration. It may not have even been like what he actually wanted to do, but it positioned him because the message was clear and vivid and like it was easy for people to imagine. And we talked about that even in our educational sessions. We're like, what are those like very concrete things that you can you that you can um, pluck out from what you do in your business to illustrate value, quality, service, local, because those words are hollow. They don't mean anything to anybody. And and here's the
2: problem, Kinsley, for, I think a lot of people, they don't know who they are and they don't know what they want to own. And so you know, if, if you're all over the place and, and you're really, you know, loose in terms of who you are and what you really want to represent to the consumer, so it could be a product, right? Um, we tried to do it with Spink and Co. and say, we are a farm to bedroom craft beer artisan brand, right? It's in a sentence, right? And I know you had to think about this a lot, and I want you to share how you kind of thought that through with Englander as you just launched in Vegas but um so just being able to simplify it in a sentence if you can that differentiates you but a lot of these businesses you and I had at, you know the the retailers that came into the nationwide classes they kind of know who they are but they don't know what they want to own or what single idea they want to plant their pole in their 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 flagpole in and so I think it, and it's not easy to do um and so I think um you know, that's what McInvale was saying to people. Look, you've got to simplify, uh, because if you can't do it, if you go to some of the the, the, the big betting brands in our industry, um, if you were to ask, you know, 100 people inside of these companies, like, what does this brand represent? They couldn't possibly tell you because they don't have it distilled down to that point. So take us through where you were, Kinsley, when you, you know, brought Englander through the product development, like, where were you trying to land?
1: Well, I was trying to land in a place that magnified something that was already good about the company. Mm-hmm. And so to do that, you have to you know, do research. You have to go out and talk to people. You have to kind of beat the carpet and figure out what's actually going to shake out. And what I learned along the way was great beds. We're not going to get a phone call about them. I said, that's awesome, but that's table stakes. What I really learned was that Englander was known for latex because we launched in the 1950s, right. you know, owned by Goodyear Rubber Tire Company. And we're the first brand of any significance to launch with latex. So I said, okay, that's great as well. So what I, what I distilled it down to is comfort isn't complicated. Sleep is not rocket science. And what that says to people is we use proven componentry who, who can actually use proven componentry. The people that have been around 125 years and have been experimenting with these layers over time, proven materials, expertly layered. That's what I wanted to get down to. And it's a, it's a message not a lot of people can own because they haven't been around long enough to have had that institutional knowledge produced into products. And so I just wanted to say, everybody told us this, please simplify it, please simplify it. So simple isn't always easy, but what we can do to simplify the process is we can say, look, these are proven materials. We know they're proven. And these are mattresses you would make for your mom because they're gonna feel great and they're not gonna, you're not gonna get a phone call about them. So the whole, the whole thing we wanted to do was map anything that we did to our heritage. So we wanted to like highlight the heritage in some way. And so we did it through this idea of comfort isn't complicated. So whenever you go to our website and you look at our products, we tried to simplify everything along the way and it's people aren't interested. I don't think, and I've I've got this on good authority from multiple sources, people aren't that interested in the hard-to-understand inno- fake innovation that's out there. Whenever it comes to their sleep, they would rather have something that has been proven so that they know they're going to feel the same way every day when it, whenever they go to sleep. So that was kind of the thought process um, behind where we tried to get with Englander. And, um, you know, we talk to businesses all the time that are trying to find, like, you know, innovative ways or creative ways to, to get at this idea of local or get at this idea of family or get at this idea of value or service or quality. Um, but so many people just default back to price and item. And it's like Max said, I mean, he said, you have to figure out a way to be relevant to your customers every day, every day. Is anybody going to miss your, your business if the door shut and be honest about that? Will they miss your business?
2: And I love when he went there because he um, was pretty tough on the audience. And in terms of being relevant, I mean, Mac understands this better than anybody. And right about the time when you know Mac does something and then other people may try to knock him off or do similar things to what he's doing, what does he do? He like moves on to the next thing. He's already past that and working on the next thing. One of the things he shared with our audience, which I thought was brilliant, is that he understands that there's a real need in the workforce? Um, not everybody wants to go to college. And the trade industry needs great people, welders and auto mechanics, and people that work on HVAC. Uh, as a matter of fact, our school here in Joplin is incredible. We have a whole you know section of Joplin High School that is franklin Franklin Tech, and it teaches all of those things, restaurant management, all these things. And so he's literally going to have a school inside of his store where people can come and learn that stuff, learn that trade. It's traffic into his business. He's serving the community. He's helping these people find a a, a career and a path forward to a great life. And um, he's going to get huge credit for it. And that's how he's relevant. He's relevant when a hurricane happens and he opens his stores to serve people and make them food and give them a place to come and hang out for a little bit of time since their house got flooded. Um, So he's relevant on so many levels, but he keeps reinventing what he does. And all that is, is creative muscle. He's flexing his creative muscle, but he's becoming, he's, he's so incredibly relevant. So he, he said, I hate it when people drive by my store. I'll still have people tell me on the street that they bought something from somewhere down the road. They drive right by my store as much money as I put into advertising and they don't stop and buy for me, I have to figure that out. And I love that, you know, even Jim Ackenvale who's got such a strong market share and share of voice in the Houston market, he's still dealing with similar things.
1: Yeah. He said he has in a five mile radius of his store, the average income is $26,000. And so there was a time whenever, that was not the case. Well, that is the case now. So he's starting that accredited high school, trade school, free childcare program for the the employees, and I think they're even going to have this childcare program for people that aren't employees. So he's figuring out how to be relevant in his community in a new and meaningful way. And and that was really one of the central themes of his speech to me was, are you relevant? And he was kind of coming in and punching people in the mouth and saying, probably not. And one of the things he he really paused on was whenever he made that huge one of the biggest sports bets. I think in history and what he did is he had to work with this group of uh, like younger guys, he said from bleachers report and some of these other betting websites. And so they went from place to place to place and they were trying to do all the betting and there was all kinds of stuff going on in travel. And he said the oldest employee on the entire team was 24 years old and none of them even had computers. Everybody just had their phone. That was their entire office. And so he's saying to people, that's where everyone is spending their time. If you're not spending your time trying to figure that out or be relevant to people every day on this device, you are going to lose.
2: Yeah, and so what does your website look like? How are you communicating to people? Uh, do you have a good program for texting? Uh, how are you getting reviews from people? Is it easy to do in terms of the interface with your phone? Um, yeah, there's there's so many things to it, but um, th- that is the device and you know it's easy to complain cuz like you know one of the things we heard consistently from nationwide members was hiring right it's keeping people inside of these companies these days and it's not easy and so max like yeah i get it it's a pain in the butt and young people are less about money today and more about quality of life well then you know serve that need and create healthcare or uh, child care, so they can bring their kids in, and that mom can like walk over at lunch and see your kid, and you know, uh, interface with that kid. I mean, how important was that, right? And so he he, he gets it, and he's evolving over time, uh, and he's trying to be um, better and, and an easier place to come work, and where people want to come work.
1: Well, and whenever he tells stories about his employees, you know, he's at the front desk every day when people walk in greeting customers, talking to customers and setting the tone for what that company is. But he, he told a story, you know, he says, how, you know, what have I done for customers lately? That's personal, significant and unexpected. And if it was just him doing this every day, that does not scale. But he talked about a lady that called his store and said, I'm, I'm trying to get a lift chair for my dying husband. He has a hard time standing up and sitting down. Uh, They said, it's going to be two weeks at the place I've been trying to work with. He said, our delivery team had her a chair out there in two hours. But that wasn't the most important part of the story. The woman's husband was dying. The delivery team from Gallery Furniture, two hours, delivers a lift chair for this dying man. And they got down on their hands and knees and they prayed for that man. Now that is culture manifesting itself at every touch point that is relevant significant unexpected and human ultimately human and that's what's going to set all of us apart that work in physical stores and physical environments and aren't dealing you know only online that can be the differentiator but it has to be real and it has to be you know it has to be something that starts at the top and clearly it does with mac especially if you watch him on twitter i mean he tweets out bible verses and he's a christian man Um, but as people are empowered at every at every level to do that and to care for their customers, that's that's a big deal.
2: You know, I, I think it boils down to, and we talk about um, we, you know, you, you look at Mac in contrast, like an Art Van. Art Van is recently filed, and you know, here's here's a company, Art Van, that just had this amazing reputation in the market. And, um, art himself was a huge philanthropist and people loved him. And, you know, he was a big deal there and still is. And they had incredible market share. Um, and they expanded into other markets, new ownership came in, they lost some management people. I mean, there's several things that happened, but, you know, it's just a great example. I mean, you know, like they got a lot of that right, Kinsley. Um, and they were doing so many things right. And, they were beloved in their community because of a lot of the same things that Mac does. but yet if it's not consistent and if management changes in the heart and the purpose of that business shift um which likely happened to some degree with our van, um, it's it's it, it can be a pretty rapid decline. and I'm sure there's a lot more complicated things that happen with our van. but So um, just because you have it doesn't mean that you're always going to get to keep it. It's got to be so ingrained in who you are um, that it is purpose-driven and it is authentic. If you're just doing it to try to be relevant or create word of mouth, it's never going to work. It has to be who you are at your core in order for that to be real for the consumers because consumers can smoke that stuff out no problem.
1: So if it's not if it's not really part of your DNA and it's not part of your value system and it's not something that you feel inside of you every day when you wake up, then it's not going to be sustainable over time. And it's that consistency over time that is really going to lead to any type of traction. And once you get a little bit of traction, traction can lead to momentum, which is self perpetuating. We talked about this before, but if it's not truly, you know, part of who you are and like how you're wired, then you should know that. I mean, we talk with people about this all the time. Like, yeah, I want to identify like, am I giving Am I community oriented? Am I an entertainer? Um, you know, it's almost the cage principle that we talked about in our speech, community answers, giving entertainment. Like which of those are you that you could pluck out and magnify and like, don't let anybody be more of, of an answer or an information person than you are. Let's like Jeff Shire. He's fantastic at that. Like Jeff, is great at giving answers and information through his education videos. Um, you look at the entertainment piece, like there are very few people that are better at better at that than Trent, you know, Trent Ramberger, like he's all about the entertainment piece of the puzzle and he's very involved in the community on top of that. But when he's involved in the community, he makes it fun and entertaining. So it's finding that thing and living it out and making it sustainable because it's part of kind of who you are.
2: Yeah, I didn't mean to step on that, but I got you fired me up when you talked about Jeff, because part of it, too, for Jeff is what inspired him to do all the content in the education. And what inspired him was he was frustrated for consumers who were shopping for beds and they were being told uh, really crappy things by his competitors or by things in the Internet or people in the market for a bed. So he's like, I'm going to fix that. And he just started educating people to serve them. Yes, to sell. But Jeff is just the kind of guy, though, that he he just genuinely wants to help people get a good night of sleep. And so I think that's what that's where that was born. And because of that, that's what's been so big for him. And he's had great success. So and it's, and it's in Trent's DNA, too. He loves it. He's having a great time with little Trent. And so anyway, whatever it is, make sure it's authentic because you'll never pull it off if it's not. And if it feels forced and all that stuff, then uh, it, it's trouble. But How many people do we talk to, Kinsley, at um, Nationwide where they're in that place or just trying to figure out what that real authentic thing is for them? And one of the coolest things I think what we're about to do for me is the whole Mattress Mind thing where we're going to pick 12 people and they're going to pick us, but we're going to get to talk about business with them over a six month time frame. And literally walk together and say, okay, everyone, let's get to know each other. Here's what all the issues are facing everyone. There's going to be a lot that are similar. And let's attack this stuff together. And, you know, when you go to a seminar or you go to a conference and you hear someone on stage, it's like, cool. You get excited about something and then you go home and you start trying to execute that. But then you run into a roadblock and then maybe you stop or, you know, you you, it, you slack off because you start working on your business, not in your business, or in your business, not on your business. And so the cool thing about what we're doing with Mattress Minds is that we're gonna be there with them and we're gonna get to attack it for a a period of time. And I think that's gonna be incredible. I think what you and I are gonna gain, uh, a deeper appreciation for retail, how difficult that is, and our ability to help them think creatively. I'm really, really excited about that. And uh, that's kind of happening right now. How are we looking there, by the
1: way? Well, we are in the process of doing phone interviews with our candidates because we're going to cap it at 12 people and because we want this to be intimate enough that we can all get to know each other and everybody has the space and the time during our calls and our sessions to work on something that's meaningful and important to them. And this is something that, I mean, you really, you really captured it there when you talked about it conference after conference, after phone call, after session that we've had with people, they get fired up, they walk away, and they're not sure how to execute on that, or they don't have the accountability structure, or they don't have the handholding for, for the nuances that come up at the beginning of this process that need defined so that it can become foundational and you can build on it. So we're going to guide people through that process. We're going to have great perspective because we're going to have a lot of diversity in the group um, with background and who people are and region, you know, regionally, uh, regional diversification. So I'm really excited about it. And, uh, so I think, you know, what we're going to do is we have to be very, um, intentional about the way that we build this group because we don't want people in competing markets. Uh, so we may end up with a couple of slots left. So if you go to mattressminds.com, it'll take you a page on our, on our website. So it's mattressminds.com. And you can fit, you can read through that page. If it sounds like something that you would be interested in, drop me, drop us a note very quickly. I think it's my email at the very bottom there, but do read through that, uh, because it's not going to be for everybody. Um, but for the people that are going to go through it, I think it's going to be like business changing and and potentially life changing. That's what we want. We want to get the the individual that goes through this to come out on the other side with a new sense of wholeness. You know,
2: I think it's important. Um, two of the things I think that are going to be really good in terms of the, the the ground rules that we're setting is come in humble, uh, be prepared to get your ass kicked because you will, um, and it's not easy to put your business on an anvil and you know expose it to a group of people to um, look at critically, but it will be done with good intention and all um, in a way that is meant to help everybody in that group get better, uh, but it's not easy to do. That's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and so not just be humble, not just get ready to listen, but also get ready to share and get ready to help because the if you're not on the call and you're not providing feedback and you're not helping the other people on that call, then we're gonna open up that spot again, because we have to have people that um, are there and they want to help other people, which so far the people that have reached out to us, i'm I'm pretty blown away. We've got some awesome retailers already, and that's exactly who they are. So I cannot wait for this. I think you had a terrific idea, uh, and I'm really excited to uh, to get it going. So,
1: well, check it out, mattressminds.com, and that'll take you to our website. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure if you're listening on iTunes, give us a give us a rating on iTunes. That really helps us out. Or go over to Facebook, and you can also uh, do the star rating and and leave people a little bit of feedback. That really helps people that are checking out the the show. And then of course, um, be sure you are subscribed to our email newsletter. This is the big one. Go to Mattresspodcast.com. There's a little pop up box so you can subscribe. That'll get you in touch with everything we have going on, any of the meetups that we do, um, all the new podcasts we release. And then uh, we're going to have some insider stuff that we collected at Nationwide called the Bigfoot Traffic Driver Superlist. Uh, so that should be really cool as well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, hope everybody has a great rest of your day. What are you up to the rest of the day? You good? Pick, you all pickleballed yeah. out?
2: Yeah, no, I I got to the gym this morning. Um, So it's my daughter's um, senior night. So she graduates from high school this year. And so Uh, it's so yeah, and so she plays at home. And so the varsity basketball team, the seniors go out on the floor, and they they bring their parents with them. And then they read this little paragraph about like, what your kid wants to do. And God only knows what that will say. And so while we're doing that, and then my son plays ball at 4.30. It's his last game of the year, and I'm really sad about it. So anyway, but it's all good. How about you? You got a lot going on?
1: Oh, Gabby sent me the what she's going to read, and it just basically says, I want to be like my dad.
2: <laughs> don't. Stop. <laughs> no, hopefully it's her mom. She's a, a much better role model. But uh, yeah, God, that's so sad. Don't say that stuff. It chokes me up.
1: Oh, man. Just I'm sorry. No Hold on. <laughs> no Let's see if we can make Quinn cry know. here.
2: No, 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 no more of that. All right, Kinsley, have a big one. Have a great uh, week. It's uh, Monday. Here we go. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. bounce with, it, bounce, with it. Oh. bounce with it. Bounce with it. All right.
0: Nah. What is a hot oh. It's like peanut butter jelly. Now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. Uh You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight. We can make you sleep or play all night. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. No stopping when the beat gets played back. Springs keep it popping. Foam keeps it laid back. Party over here. Get invited. Everybody get high. Red is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses.